Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about realistic expectations, myths, and mindset tips for an effective massing phase. If you haven't already, I highly recommend listening to my interview with Steve Hall, where we talked about the fundamental components of an effective massing phase, from training to nutrition to lifestyle considerations. For this episode instead, I've drawn up a list of myths about massing phases that usually lead to people developing unrealistic expectations. And as a result of these unrealistic expectations, they set up their own massing phases in ways that don't yield the desired results. So I'm going to go through every single myth one after the other, and I'm going to give you my take and hopefully help you develop more realistic expectations about this process. Then in the second part of the episode, I am going to give you some mindset tips because as you know by now, if you're a loyal listener, in which case, thank you very much, then you will also know that for me, mindset is where your results start. So if you don't have an effective mindset towards whatever stage of your fitness experience you might be about to embark on, then you won't see the results that that you deserve for the hard work that I am sure you intend to put into that phase. But first, on to myth number one. The myth is that during a massing phase, you're going to put on zero fat. I talked about this with Steve as well, and it is pretty much impossible to choose whether you put on primarily muscle or primarily fat during a massing phase. Just like during a fat loss phase, you can do your best to prevent muscle loss by eating plenty of protein and training hard. Still, you can't choose not to lose any muscle whatsoever. Similarly, in a massing phase, you can do your best to minimize fat gain by training hard, eating an appropriate amount of protein, and uh, taking care of your nutrition and lifestyle in other ways that I'll touch upon later in the episode. However, you can't prevent fat accumulation completely. You can reduce it, but you can't erase it. This is also not to say that a massing phase is all doom and gloom and you need to expect to uh, gain an unhealthy amount of fat. There is no way you can control the process. That's not what I'm saying 
at all. You can control the process to a similar degree as the degree to which you can control a fat loss phase. All I'm saying is don't expect to embark on a muscle building phase and become extremely jacked while staying as lean as you possibly can. Because what that leads to is usually not actually committing to a caloric surplus and gaining a little bit of weight, getting scared, and lowering your calories in order to lose that weight. I was stuck in this rut myself in my very first quote-unquote massive phase, which was more like a maintenance phase, but I was telling myself I was in a caloric surplus, when in fact I was for maybe a week, then I'd gain a little bit of weight, I'd panic, and I would drop my calories again. So to recap, you can minimize fat gain, but you can't prevent it. Myth number two is that you're going to look your best ever at the end of a massive phase. Now, I don't want to say that this is completely false because there are some people who have been underweight or extremely slim all of their life and all they want is to look and feel bigger and stronger. So for them, it's possible that after a massive phase, they're going to feel over the moon about their physique. However, there are plenty of other people that prefer to be on the leaner side. They like to build a noticeable amount of muscle, but they'd also like to see definition in that muscle mass. And for that reason, if they are serious about a massing phase, it's possible that at the end of it, they will have more body fat than they would like to carry around most of the time. So in that case, the muscle building phase or the massing phase, as I've been referring to it so far, isn't the end of their physique development process. And it's not the time when they're gonna look their best. It's an investment time and then they would need likely a fat loss phase or at least one fat loss phase in order to remove the extra fat that they accumulated and see their newly built muscle. Finally, in general, for most people, a single massing phase and a single fat loss phase may not be enough to achieve the physique that they envision because muscle growth takes a really long time and I'm talking several years, if not even decades, if you're really dedicated to the process. So don't expect to look the best at the end of your very first massing phase, and don't expect that that is the only phase you need in order to achieve the physique that you have in mind. The third myth is that weight gain is as linear as fat loss. Now, in many cases, you can usually see fat loss on a weekly basis on the scale if you're being consistent with your diets and your training, if your caloric target is appropriate for you, and if you're the type of person who is going to experience weekly weight loss on the scale, because for some people it can happen over a longer period of time, like two or three weeks. However, in general, the downward trend of a fat loss phase on a weekly or fortnightly or a longer time frame is usually somewhat linear. There is the odd spike upwards or downwards, but pretty much in many cases it seems to be pretty linear. Now, in a massive phase, this is 
quite different because muscle growth happens at a much, much slower rate than fat loss does. For that reason, it's really hard to say on within a short time frame, like a week, whether you put on any muscle and whether the change in weight is due to an increase in muscle mass. In general, weight gain can be unpredictable. The first two weeks that you're in a surplus, if you are in a surplus appropriate to you, you would normally see a big spike in weight, normally even above your expectations. This is generally because you're now carrying more water because carbohydrates are absorbed with three to four grams or two to three grams, sorry, of uh, water. So each gram of carbohydrates that you eat is going to be absorbed along with two to three grams of water. And often when you're in a caloric surplus, the extra calories will come at least in a certain proportion from extra carbs. So that leads to having more glycogen, which is the way the body store carbs, which means more weight on the scale, having more water, which also means more weight on the scale, and simply having more food in your gut when you're weighing in. So for this reason, you can usually ignore the first two weeks or so of data And when I say ignore, I mean, don't worry about changing your calories after two weeks because you see a huge spike. You will need at least a whole month of data before you can gain an insight into your rate of gain. And then in general, throughout a massing phase, some weeks you might gain pretty linearly. For some people, they actually gain linearly the whole time. Other people don't. Then other weeks you might not gain at all. And then some weeks you gain more than you expect. For that reason, I normally revise a client's rate of gain every two to four weeks. And if there are any dietary adjustments needed, they will happen every two to four weeks. Whereas in a fat loss phase, it's possible again to see changes faster, sometimes on a weekly basis. So due to the nature of muscle growth, which as I said, is very slow. The key point here is that you may need to trust the process in a massing phase, even a little bit more than you would have to trust the process during a fat loss phase, because you're not going to see necessarily a linear increase in weight that's easy to predict. In comparison, the downward trend during a fat loss phase is usually easier to predict. Myth number four, you need a massive surplus to bulk. It wasn't uncommon, even just a few years ago, to hear that you need 500 calories, 1,000 calories on top of your maintenance in order to have a productive massing phase. Now, if you look into the scientific literature on massing phases, you find that researchers themselves are currently saying that we don't have enough research on this topic to draw a definitive conclusion. The way I understand it, what we seem to know at the moment is that you can't force more muscle growth by being in a bigger surplus. There's only so much muscle that you can accumulate within a given given period of time, and you can't increase the amount of muscle you put on simply by eating more because 
what gives you the stimulus for muscle growth is not nutrition, but as Steve and I talked about in his interview, the stimulus for muscle growth comes from training. So for the amount of training that you do, you're going to get a certain amount of muscle growth and you can't increase that amount by eating in a larger caloric surplus. What's going to happen is that you are going to store more body fat by being in a larger surplus. Now, as I was saying, there doesn't seem to be enough research to give a clear indication of how big the surplus needs to be to prevent you from gaining excess fat, but also to promote efficient muscle growth. However, a paper by Slater and colleagues in 2019 titled, Is an, ex- Is an energy surplus required to maximize skeletal muscle hypertrophy associated with resistance training? And I am going to put a link to this paper in the show notes. In this paper, the researchers advise to increase calories above maintenance by 350 to 500 calories per day. Personally, I have a similar approach to what Steve described during the interview, and I base the surplus on my client's maintenance calories. So before I start a massing phase with a client, I make sure that we know what their maintenance calorie range is, so the range within which they seem to maintain their body weights, again within a small range of a few pounds, then I generally start with about a 10% increase in daily calories above maintenance. For example, if they're maintaining on 2000 calories, I might increase to 2200 calories. And then if I have to make any adjustment, I am going to base those adjustments on their rate of body weight gain every two to four weeks. And just like Steve, I like to see a certain amount of gain across the month, which corresponds to about one to two percent of body weight gain per month. And it will depend on the specific client, on how lean they want to stay during a massing phase, so how conservative or aggressive they want to be with a massing phase, how long they've been training for, and therefore how much muscle they can realistically expect to gain, and various other criteria. But generally, if somebody is gaining within this range, then they are in a caloric surplus. And I will then make dietary adjustments every two to four weeks. So as a quick summary, you don't need a massive surplus in order to have a productive massing phase. We don't yet have enough research to state exactly how much of a surplus you need to be in. My personal recommendation is to go off of your body weight changes, your rate of weight gain every two to four weeks. Myth number five is that you can get your extra calories from any food that you like. You might have heard of the concept of a quote-unquote dirty bulk, which basically means that you put on weight eating any food 
possible and usually this involves a lot of highly palatable food what we normally refer to as junk food which i don't like to call junk food because i believe it's uh, an unhelpful term so i call it highly palatable food because that's what it is it's cookies pizza and so on and so forth now it's true that it doesn't really matter where your calories come from if you are in a caloric surplus you are going to gain weight however you can make your massing phase more effective and also a more pleasant experience if you are more selective about your food sources. Just like you can definitely lose weight if you are in a caloric deficit eating Twinkies. There was even a researcher who did an experiment on himself and he ate essentially the Twinkie diet and showed that by being in a deficit, he could lose weight. However, eating Twinkies for the entirety of a diet is not going to be particularly pleasant or satiating. So I would challenge you to be able to go through several months of dieting just eating Twinkies. Similarly, in a massing phase, the quality of your diet matters. What I generally recommend is, first and foremost, eat enough protein. And uh, the range that I recommend, which is based on the current scientific literature available, is usually 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight of protein per day. And that's about 0.8 to 1.1 grams per pound of body weight per day. What current research seems to show is that you don't need any more protein above this range to put on more muscle. So then my second recommendation is to prioritize carbohydrates over fats once you're eating enough protein. The reason for that is that carbohydrates are going to fuel your training performance because they are the preferred source of fuel for resistance training and they are also proven to help with recovery from resistance training and again the stimulus for growth comes from training so that's why carbohydrates are so important moreover while all three macronutrients can be stored by the body as body fat the easiest macronutrient to convert into fat is dietary fat. So if the majority of your surplus is coming from dietary fat, it's easier for your body to convert that into fat stores than it would be if the majority of your surplus were to come from protein and carbohydrates. To be clear, this isn't a black and white statement. I am not saying if the majority of your caloric surplus comes from a combination of protein and carbs, you're going to gain zero body fat and 100% muscle. Whereas if any percentage of your surplus comes from dietary fat, then you will gain that same percentage of body weight as body fat. That's impossible for me to say, and I do not want you to take this away from this podcast. What I'm suggesting is, since protein and carbohydrate seem to be the most important macronutrients to promote muscle growth, it makes sense to me 
to prioritize them when you're thinking about how to increase your calories from maintenance into a surplus. Assuming that you are keeping your dietary fats within a recommended range for health. Quoting the paper by Slater and colleague that I mentioned earlier, they advise to eat enough protein and to keep dietary fats within 20 to 35% of your total daily caloric intake. They also note that so far there doesn't seem to be enough evidence to state for sure that having more meals is better for massing than fewer meals or vice versa, that uh, being in a caloric surplus only on your training days and being at maintenance on your non-training days is beneficial or even necessary during a massing phase to maximize muscle growth and minimize fat gain. What they do indicate, which I think is quite interesting, is there's some encouraging preliminary research that seems to show a more favorable response to resistance training when more of your daily energy intake is allocated immediately before and after exercise. And this makes sense to me because immediately before exercise, that energy is going to be used to fuel your performance. Whereas following exercise, the energy is going to be used to speed up the recovery process from training. So my recommendation when it comes to how to distribute your surplus is knowing what the evidence says and what seems reasonable to me is to potentially try to consume more calories before and after your training rather than allocating your extra calories at random times during the day. So again, Technically, you can get your surplus from any food that you like. However, I personally recommend, first and foremost, prioritizing your daily protein intake and secondarily prioritizing your carbohydrate intake since carbohydrate is the primary fuel source for resistance training and it can also aid recovery. Lastly, the final myth I want to talk about is that you can bulk for two to four weeks and then cut, and then rinse, and repeat. In my opinion, this is a very inefficient way to go about a massing phase. It's appealing because if you're afraid of gaining body fat, then you feel safer only massing for two to four weeks, and then you know that there's a cut coming, so you'll be able to remove the extra body fat. However, as I already said, and as Steve and I talked about in detail as well, muscle growth is freakishly slow. In two to four weeks, I doubt that you're going to get into a good groove with your training program and with your diet to make so much progress muscle gain-wise that it would make sense to cut after such a short period of time. In fact, I'm not sure that you can see any progress of note if you're committing to a massing phase that's less than three months long. That's what I usually tell my clients. If you don't want to commit to massing for at least three months, then perhaps you're not in the right season of your life to make the most of a massing phase. 
Now, this works as a nice segue into the second part of the podcast, because I've literally just said that uh, massing for two to four weeks is appealing to people who uh, may be afraid of gaining excess fat during a massing phase. And the second part of the podcast is all about mindset tips to make the most of your massing phase. So let's start with some mindset tips on how to approach the fact that it's inevitable to gain a little bit of body fat. Here's a story. A couple of weeks ago, I posted a reel on Instagram about the three mantras, so to speak, that I repeat to myself if I find myself worrying about gaining extra body fat during a massing phase. Then I posted the reel, I left the Instagram app, and when I came back an hour later, uh, my reel had 35,000 views, which is the most I've ever got in terms of engagement on Instagram so far. So I thought, well, people are finding this helpful, obviously. Therefore, I think that repeating those three mantras here and going into a little bit more detail about them is going to be valuable to you people. So the first one is, I'm not gaining weight mindlessly. I'm investing into my physique. A massing phase is just as disciplined as a fat loss phase. It's not a let's eat whatever I want, however much of it I want type of phase. Definitely not in the way I coach it because I don't believe that that would be effective for muscle gain. So you're not getting, becoming unhealthy, you are investing into your future physique. My second mantra is, I know how to lose this extra fat. So this is only temporary discomfort. As I've talked about already, you are unlikely to be satisfied with your progress at the end of a single massing phase, and you may be uncomfortable with the amount of body fat that you are going to accumulate. But If you're working with a coach or if you've been working on your physique for a long time, you also know the process through which you can lose body fat. And I even have podcast episodes and articles talking to you about fat loss phases. So go listen to or read those if you're in doubt. But you know what the process looks like. You know you can do it. So you know that this is not forever. It's temporary discomfort for the sake of a greater reward in the future. My third mantra is, without this investment, I'll be stuck in a similar place in a year's time. Now, I don't want you to take away from this that you won't be able to build any muscle at all if you're eating at maintenance calories. Again, The stimulus for growth comes from training, so if you're training hard, you will be putting on muscle. But, just like Steve said, being in a caloric surplus simply makes the process of gaining muscle much easier and more efficient. Again, these are my mantras. I'm not saying that this is the absolute truth. It simply spurs me on to think that I'll be stuck in a similar place. It has a bit more of a beneficial placebo effect than if I told myself, well, I could gain muscle at maintenance calories. It would just be less efficient. It doesn't work very well as a mantra, does it? It's not very motivating. Whereas thinking, I'll be stuck in a similar place in a year's time, definitely 
reminds me of my true goal, which is to, at the moment, to build as much muscle as I possibly can. So hopefully this is going to help some of you out there who might be worried about gaining body fat during a massing phase. My second mindset tip to make the most of this phase is to focus not on how you look, but on how you're performing in your training. First and foremost, because you're not going to be able to detect muscle growth in pictures like you would be able to detect muscle uh, fat loss, sorry, during a fat loss phase. You can take pictures every two to four weeks in a fat loss phase and see some differences, whereas in most cases, whereas during a massing phase, that is simply unrealistic. I normally ask for pictures every month, but I always tell my clients that we won't be looking at them for at least three to six months. And generally, what works best is to actually take a look at pictures at the same body weights that are several months apart. If you are at the same body weight as you were six months ago, but you now look like you have less body fat and more muscle, you know that the process you've been through so far of alternating massing phases and fat loss phases is going well. But comparing pictures in the same massing phase is likely going to be deceptive simply because body fat sits on top of your muscle mass. So you're not going to be able to see much muscle definition. So it's going to be really hard when muscle growth is already very slow to be able to see it in pictures. But you now have plenty of food and energy to put into training. So you are likely to feel the strongest that you'll ever be in compared to all other phases. At maintenance calories, you're stronger than in a deficit, but in a, in a caloric surplus, you are stronger than both a deficit and a maintenance phase. So enjoy it. Go after it in the gym. That's why you are in a massing phase to begin with, to build muscle. Training builds muscle. So set yourself performance goals. Enjoy training to the fullest, because when you return to maintenance or when you return to a caloric deficit, if you choose to diet for fat loss in the future, you will not experience the same level of energy and the same rate of progress. Lastly, in general, having a bit more food is going to give you more energy and more zest for life across the board. So, so far, I've talked a lot about the fear of gaining body fat, the fact that some body fat is inevitable. It's also inevitable that if you have your duck in your ducks in a row, you're eating enough protein, you're in a caloric surplus, you're sleeping well, you're training like a beast and managing your stress. It's also inevitable that you're going to put on muscle, which is freaking exciting. And you're going to be able to reveal that muscle after a fat loss phase, which you know how to go through, as I said before. So a massing phase is exciting. Don't be afraid of it. I understand that because of the culture we live in, which is a very diet and weight loss focused culture, the idea of gaining weight can make a lot of people bulk. But it is an exciting time, a time in which you're investing into your future physique, 
a physique that you care so much about sculpting that you're listening to this podcast. So I want to leave you on a positive note today. Enjoy the hell out of your massing phase. And that's it for today's podcast. As usual, all of the resources I've mentioned in this podcast will be in the show notes. And if you want to sign up for one-on-one coaching with me, or if you want to register your interest to be the first to know about the next intake of my online group coaching program, all links will be in the show notes below, along with links to my Instagram, my free newsletter, and my website. Until next time. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.